You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us.net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. From the depths of pop culture rises a beast of unimaginable obsession to wreak havoc on the podcast of man. This is the Giganticast. <laughs> Morgan. What? M- Monster Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, I mean, it, it's been a while. It's been a while, especially since you and I have been on mic together. This is true. I think it was early last year or the last time you were on an episode, wasn't it? Oh my god, what is time? Time is an illusion. How does it work? Yeah, but well, but the same could be said of magnets. Uh, (laughs) don't worry about it anyway uh hey everybody we're we're back with a a gigantic cast a special gigantic it's not special nothing is special Uh, is there anything i learned tonight it's that life is pain (laughs) cool (laughs) cool so um yeah we're we're just uh we're gonna do uh something a little different this time well first of all we're talking about monster hunter the yeah, new... we are going to talk about <laughs> Monster Hunter. The new uh, uh, tentpole blockbuster. Are, are those the words we're using to describe this movie? <laughs> is that is that a choice you're making? The tentpole blockbuster from Tencent. Hell? <laughs> from hell? From, from Paul W.S. Resident Evil Anderson. And a budget of $60 million? It's kind of low, to be honest. That's why they release it during a pandemic. <laughs> I'm I'm slightly more impressed now that I know that that was what the budget was. But only, only slightly. Only slightly. Only slightly. Uh, so, you know, we, you know, we, we, we saw it. Mm-hmm. We saw it. And it is the, the, the 2020, okay, according to the Wikipedia... The military science fiction kaiju film. Oh my god. It's none of those things. Oh my god. Because Monster Hunter's not a kaiju franchise. Oh, well, I guess, I guess the whole kaiju thing is very nebulous, I know, but I guess I personally never considered it a kaiju franchise because we'll talk about that in a minute. Semantics. Semantics. Based on the video game series of the same name by Capcom. The film stars Mila Jovovich, Tony Jaw, the rest. <laughs> Those other people that I'm sure were in the movie. And then Ron Perlman shows up in this in case, like, he's in none of the promotional material I've seen. <laughs> like, good on them for keeping that a surprise, I guess. Oh, but... by the way, spoilers. Oh, yeah, Spoilers. Good on them for keeping that a surprise, I guess. But yeah, like as soon as I saw him, 
I think I understood why he's not in any of the promotional material, and it's not to keep it a surprise. Oh, God. Okay, so, uh, all right, so, so, I'm thinking, let's, let's give people a quick rundown of the plot. That, I'm gonna leave that in your capable hands. You're gonna leave that to me. I have repressed most of that. You and I, just to set the tone here, I think we had very different experiences. What did you watch? Oh no, I watched the same movie. Did you? It's just that I, I, I there but there are certain when I see I sometimes see when I can see the architecture of a film and I can see the choices being made. Mm-hmm. That's when I start to laugh. Because you were howling in this I movie with was laughter. Hackling. Thank God we were the only people in the theater. Yes. Um so that God. okay so the plot such as it is is i feel like the shortest way i can describe it is is a michael bay military action film circa 2007 complete with 2007 feminist pol- uh, feminist dialogue oh my god attempts at feminist dialogue crashes ass first and then head first and then ass first again into the monster hunter games and with it brings a a very american interpretation a very western interpretation of i guess what a person who's never played monster hunter thinks the games are like and and i mean okay so mila jovovich plays Artemis, which we don't get her name until almost the end of the movie. She's just boss or captain up to that point. Which I guess is fine because like in in Monster Hunter they're not named characters. They're like there's like the hunter. The hunter. Yeah. The... So I mean like on the one hand, but then on the other hand like why then introduce her name? Like it was such a strange choice. Well, like wh- is it because was Artemis the hunter? Was Artemis the the goddess of the hunt, or am I thinking of a different goddess? Yeah, I think I think it's Artemis or Diana, depending on which. Um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I my brain wants me to say which religion, but that's not the right. That's not the right <laughs> word. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that was the supposed to be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. The, matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't because. Uh, uh, now there's this portal opens okay so we again again it feels like a military it feels like this post 9-11 military action film as it when it opens and uh there is this incident where this army ranger united nations it says here that she's a member of united nations military team which i'm i didn't know the united nations had a military uh, i don't know but i mean they didn't make it clear like except for the like we just know that it's ar- the army because they keep saying the army over and over again. And we're soldiers and we're going to soldier through with our soldierness and just soldier don't, right on, don't, soldier. Don't think about your trauma. Don't think about your trauma. I, I mean, it's just, okay. So they, through through a series of magical shenanigans, these characters from a different franchise and a different film literally crash into what is ostensibly the monster hunter universe 
like it's a portal. It's 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 a it's it's a Wizard of Oz, but with more shooting and screaming, <clears throat> only slightly more. <laughs> and, um, and of course, surprise, surprise, all of her team members all get picked off in these very horrible ways. In these incredibly gruesome. Cronenbergian body horror kind of way. It, it's 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 ugh, okay. We'll get to that in a minute. But like, basically, she then winds up having to team up with Tony Jaa, who's playing the hunter. He's playing this. He looks like a character from Monster Hunter, and that is the thing is that all the Monster Hunter these characters look like they're from the Monster Hunter games. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Comic Con up in here. Like they, <laughs> did a, they did a great job mapping directly onto human flesh, like how the characters look from the video games. Uh, I, I, sp- I I definitely have to single out Hirona Yamazaki as the handler, who oh, was the handler. Yeah, that was the name. she has the little she's yeah, got yeah, the yeah, goggles yeah. and everything. She's super cute. And she looks like. She's from the game. Yeah, they look like they stepped out of the fucking game. Uh, and so, but she, but but most of the movie is her and Tony Jaa, like, stuck in the middle of the desert. By, by her, you mean Mila Jovovich, oh, sorry. not the handler. Yeah, thank you, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa are stuck in the middle of the desert, and they're just having to contend with all these creatures, with the monsters from the games. And... Eventually, you know, they start to talk about how there's this whole thing with the portal. But again, like I said, we're going to get into spoilers because there's not a lot of plot to this movie. It's so much of it is this brutal survivalist interpretation of what are supposed to be fun, swashbuckling adventure games. Yeah. And And the thing is, is that there's not a lot of monster hunting in this monster hunter game like nothing nothing like what from you associate monster hunting from the game like like okay y'all i have played a grand total of 10 minutes of any Mm -hmm. monster hunter game i am not a pro monster hunter gamer Mm -hmm. but i've seen enough of them to know that it's a co-op game like in it's in the best sense it's this super fun optimistic adventure type thing where you get a group together and you go hunt a monster and then you harvest the pieces that you need and you make fun armor and you cook a big old steak and it's a it's a good time and and there is none of that there is just you really get the impression because there is so much of this movie where it, you know, Paul W.S. Anderson, you know, he's the Resident Evil guy. And the Resident Evil Resident Evil games are horror games. And the Resident Evil movies are horror action movies. And they are supposed to be gross and violent and upsetting. With this layer of action over them. And, and, and Paul W.S. Anderson is... You have to say the whole name... Paul, as we will call him from now on in a disappointing parental tone. Paul. 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 We kept saying Paul and we kept saying Ronald (laughs) whenever Ron Perlman was on screen. But he clearly is trying to approach it with this, with a horror movie mentality. Yeah. And like, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it until you mentioned like, oh, he's the guy that does the Resident Evil movies. I'm like, oh, this is shot like a horror movie. Mm -hmm. This, this fun actiony fantasy like let's go punch dragons in the face with our fire swords that are made from the jawbone of another dragon 
but it's shot like a horror film. Yeah, it's, and there's these sequences that are, again, okay, so I've, just to put my credentials out there, quote-unquote, I've only, I've only played a couple of the games. I played a good chunk of Monster Hunter Try and Try Ultimate, which are the Wii and Wii U games, and I played... Uh, quite a bit of Monster Hunter World, although I fell off of it at a certain point once I hit the Elder Dragons, and I'm like, I can't use my someone come help me, and then I'm like, oh, I've got a job, so I can't keep <laughs> playing the game as much as I wanted to, but, um, and I've got Monster Hunter Rise on pre-order, because that's the Switch game, and I'm really excited about that, because you get to ride giant dogs, you get, because you know how you have the palicos that yeah. are the, the cats? Yes. You get a palamute, palamut, which is a like a big wolf or a big dog. And oh you God. ride them. You ride them, Morgan. Oh my God. I'm unreasonably excited about that. And I would guess, I would agree that it's unreasonable for you to be this excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> Don't. But, uh, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm recognizing certain monsters. Because granted, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of all of the monsters uh, from the games. There's just, there's just so many. But I am recognizing monsters. And then, but then there's these sequences where it's like, I don't think this is part of the games. And I don't think this is part of the games. And it's, you slowly start to realize, oh, Paul W.S. Anderson doesn't, know anything about the games he's he took like a crash course he saw a bunch of concept art they probably showed him some like gameplay some basic gameplay and like some cutscenes from the games and he was like yeah, yeah i got it i got it there's people and there's monsters and and they have to fight the monsters and that's as far as his understanding went and you really it really starts to come across i think in two biggest the two biggest things that made me realize that one was this as you said morgan this cronenbergian sequence where there are these giant spiders and i can't remember what they're called in the games but there are these spiders that like they 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 uh get all the soldier a bunch of the soldiers get caught by the spiders and at least one of them has eggs laid in his body and Morgan didn't. Morgan was right not to watch that sequence. Oh hell no! I've got to sleep at night. I I averted my eyes. It was so awful. And I'm sitting here, and, I, and then Re Rebecca is on my right, and she is like, "Monster Hunter is a fun game. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's for kids. It's for yeah. It's supposed to be fun. And it's like, and, and on top of that, Tony Jaw and Mila Jovovich. The f it, it, oh my god, that part. There is this like it's like an extended. What, like, would you say five, ten minutes? Oh, more than ten minutes. Worth of them just tr just trying to beat the shit out of each other. And I get it. They got Tony Jaw. They want him to do all this cool martial arts and stuff. Then maybe... Don't... I, I love Tony Jaw. I love him. And I actually really like him in the movie. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he and the Palicos. <laughs> Palico, singular. Yeah. Those are the only redeeming features in this movie. Like, I don't agree how they used Tony Jaw. But he is clearly just having so much fun. Yeah. And he, he really embodies, in a way, the spirit of the Hunter character mm -hmm. in a way that the movie doesn't allow anyone else to do. Yeah, like, he's... There are these moments where... I, and, and I was pointing this out while we were watching it 
there are these moments where I'm like, okay, there's a really cute, fun Monster Hunter movie in here somewhere. Because he and Mila Jovovich, are, there are scenes where they're having fun together and they're kind of palling around, which I think is, again, is kind of fun and is, is as you said, indicative of the Monster Hunter brand and the Monster Hunter vibe. This is supposed to be cooperative, but there's so much, again, that spirit of cooperation is subverted almost constantly by people just being shitty to each other. Oh, so shitty. So, like, I get that, you know, she's a stranger in a strange land, like, he can tell she's an outsider, but there's, like, this moment from the very beginning where it seems like, like, from afar he's trying to help her, but then they actually get together, and instead of, like, this weird moment of tenseness, like, who are you? Well, who are you? And, ooh, can I trust you? And, ooh, and then, oh, we have to work together. That that moment of, ooh, 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 that goes on for, like, 10 or 15 fucking minutes. Like, they beat the shit out of each other. Like, they are screaming. There's these multiple times where, like, like one of them gets a one-up on the other, and so they tie him up, but then they beat the shit out of each other, and then the other one gets tied up, but then they beat the shit out of each other. And, and it just keeps fucking going and then the resolution to that where they're like oh haha you're not so bad it's the stupidest goddamn thing like she pulls him out of a spider hole because then they don't show her reaction to this but i'm only assuming it's because of her own recent trauma with spiders hmm. and then immediately immediately she hands over her weapon to him she cuts him free and she's like no we're cool now and i'm like no no that was not earned. One of us needs to be an adult, I guess. Yeah. And then she pulls out her product placement and she's like, Hershey's. Hershey's. Food. Food. Mm, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and like, I hate that trope of like, of like, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, the white explorer, like befriending the suspicious native and like, yeah. he doesn't speak English. So she kind of is like, she's like, pointing at herself and she's like 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 soldier soldier chocolate cho and i fucking hate that and i get that they don't speak the same language but like she spends the rest of the movie chattering endlessly to fill up space because i'm guessing they thought that we the audience were too stupid to follow along <laughs> unless there was someone speaking english on the screen yeah there is a, yeah, that there, there's again. It feels very outdated. The movie feels like it, does. it, it feels, feels like something like, from the early two thousands. It does. It feels like a fifteen twenty year old movie, and it came out now. It's very, yeah, fifteen twenty years old. That's that's spot on the money. Uh, it, there's just a very like this this notion of we're very. We have to have this tension, and then the tension comes back when they meet up with the other hunters, the other Monster Hunter characters, because Mila Jovovich, for no reason, gets knocked out and put in a cage. Yeah. So, and the other characters are, like, mocking her and making... Yeah, that was fucking weird. Making, like... Like, like she's a dog. Yeah. Like, she's a person. Like, it's just... And I'm sure Rebecca and I are going to be talking about this in the next segment. Because that's what we're doing. We're, I forgot to mention that earlier. We're splitting this into two segments. But, yeah, it's like... It, that sense of camaraderie 
is very begrudgingly gifted in the movie. Yeah. It's very begr and and camaraderie is such an important part of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's no real reason why they had to do and I, and I was just thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm like this it really is a westerner and american trying to interpret this universe and all of the joy is gone yeah and they have to rip the joy out of it so they can be like no it's got to be this brutal survivalist violent shitty world where like no one trusts each other you have to earn each other's trust whereas in the games that trust is implicit because it's just understood that all humans are supposed to be on the same side. Yeah, and in the games, like with the with the hunting of the monsters in the game of the name, that it it really feels like a living ecosystem. Like they're like the hunt is part of the ecosystem of the world, and like they they utilize the pieces of the monster, and they but there's like a balance with nature. It's it's like it's like this idealized balance which is a word i already said but but like a western interpretation of that is that like oh well humans are no longer at the top of the food chain therefore everything is terrible and everything is is this battle this fight for your life and everything is struggle and strife and i'm just like jesus fuck yeah exactly it's like there's a that and that's the thing we talked about that a little bit earlier about the the hunting aspect is gone like it's not about none of these people are monster hunters like they're not going out and hunting okay i'm doing that thing where i'm starting and stopping they're not they're not hunting the monsters they're not there's one scene where artemis cuts a chunk off of the Rathalos so that she can create a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a sled. She creates a sled so she can drag Tony Jaw because he got knocked out. And it's just like... And and again, but there's none of that... None of that ecosystem balance aspect to it. Because that's the thing is that there is like an environmentalist bend to the games. Yeah. Where it's like... They hunt the monsters, one, because they need the monsters to live. Like, the monsters are, they rely on the monsters in order to survive. Mm. The characters in the Monster Hunter world game thing. And then, two, the... I'm just, I'm so, there's just so much, (laughs) there's just so much. (sighs) Well, I would just say that my main problem with this movie, besides everything we've said... Mm -hmm. Is that what feels like the intro mm. lasts almost the entire movie? Yeah, like the and the editing on this is awful. It is frenetic. It is breathless. It feels like it feels like. So if you're reading a comic mm-hmm. and you have a page of panels, and then there's a lot of information happening in the panels of like boom, 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 character introduction offhand remark to establish kind of this character's nature offhand comment about oh this character has a family offhand comment about oh this this character has a like a special relationship with their gun you know i mean these are all the soldiers at the beginning yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. at the beginning of the movie where we're talking about the soldiers and but in a comic with this panel you can kind of read that at your own pace and you can kind of go back and see like wait what did i miss and you can let it breathe on your own as you're reading it 
And this, the pacing of this is so wham, bam, 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 that there is no room for breath in this movie. It is just going and it is like these weird jump cuts and it doesn't flow very well. And then, like, the whole reason that you get a Tony Jaw is because of what a Tony Jaw can do as far as fighting. Now, Monster Hunter is not a game or a universe where there's a lot of human-on-human combat. Mm -hmm. So that's why they had to extend the weird tension period between him and Mila Jovovich so that they could show him doing his amazing Tony Mm Jaw-ness. But the editing is so terrible, you can't even enjoy what he's doing because it keeps cutting away from him. There's, like, weird shaky cam moments. There's odd angles. There's just terrible choices being made left and right. And, like, that whole portion with the soldiers at the beginning is over almost hilariously quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, why did you have 12 characters if they're all going to be dead in 10 minutes? And then what feels like the next part of the intro to get us to the middle of the story, which is the building relationship between Choni Jaw and Mila Jovovich... That lasts almost the rest of the movie. And I, I, I feel like, again, they probably were very... The people making the film were probably thinking, oh, you know, well, it's about cooperation. These people have to... These characters have to set aside their differences. And it's like, yeah, but... The, 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 it's like I was saying, that co- sense of cooperation is inherent to the games. And trying to force that angle in... Again, it feels like this very American Western combative perspective got shoehorned into a universe where it doesn't belong. And in fact, so when you talk a little bit about Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman, Ronald, Ronald, Ronald. Now, Ronald is fine. Y'all, Ronald looks terrible in this movie he's clearly being designed to resemble the admiral from monster hunter world but someone just didn't look at his head because (laughs) they because the admiral has this swoop back almost like goku super saiyan 3 hair where it's combed back clearly he's got these big jowly um what am I? What am I? Uh, 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 chums. 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 Wow. Ch- uh, uh, what are they called? Sideburns. <laughs> Giant sideburns. All of that to get to sideburns. That's almost anticlimactic. And he... And it looks terrible. It looks awful. And every other character, I think, looks like a Monster Hunter character. Except with him, it's like they stopped at his head. And you're like, I just put a wig on him. Like, yeah, a bad was, wig. Oh, it was so bad. Like a bad wig, it's like a bad wig. you have. I feel like that's the thing I'm the most upset about. That's tragic because <laughs> there's so much there to get upset about. I just, again, I was. I'm very glad that we saw this in an empty theater. Oh yeah, like if you have to see this, don't. <laughs> but if you have to see it in an empty theater. During a global pandemic (laughs) so that you can scream and rage and laugh as loud as you like. I mean, yeah, I was cackling at certain points because there are just these moments where I'm like, what the fuck amateur hour bullshit is this? Like, okay, here's the thing. 
I can't, I can't just be nothing but negative here. I, I thought the monsters looked great. That was clearly where the effort and the budget went. Yes. Well, it's clearly one of the only things that Paul really gave a shit about. Paul. Paul. That was one of the things he, that was one of the only things he gave a shit about was, was making the monsters look like the monsters. And they did. And And they they looked good. They did. It was good. I was, I was so amused when, again, spoilers, the portal opens back up and Mila Jovovich goes back to Iraq or whatever. And let's just desert soldiers. You assume that that is the timeline we're in. Yeah. And she like, she gets picked up by this rescue team. And then the entire rescue team is annihilated by Rathalos. This Rathalos, which by the way, Rathalos is like a Bush League monster. It's like a first-gen monster in the games. And it's not even... It's not that they're not a threat. It's just they build up the Rathalos so much. And I'm sitting here thinking like... I don't know. Y'all ever fought Devil Joe? <laughs> Devil Joe's pretty, sca- pretty pretty crazy. But uh, but Rathalos is the one that everybody knows about. That's the one that... Um, yeah, well, it's very distinct. And I mean, it's a fucking dragon. Like- I just... <laughs> I'm just very amused at the fact that a Rathalos took on the U.S. Army and won. <laughs> just very... Again, it's just... I I knew this was going to be bad going in. But I at least was hoping it was going to be enjoyable bad. This was exhausting. <laughs> it, it was exhausting. And I was also... I think I was also feeding off of y'all's energy. Our, our, our simmering rage. Yeah, I was feeding off of that a little bit. Because again, I'm reminded of when you and I saw Man of Steel. Uh, Ugh, and <laughs> and you were over there again simmering. You were so angry at being forced to watch this movie, or I'm not still being forced. Angry. You were angry at the fact that you had paid money for this movie and refused to leave. And we saw it at the yeah. Dollar Theater. <laughs> oh God, you're right. And, we saw it at the Dollar Theater, and that was too much. Yeah, and then I, but I was laughing that Jekyll becoming a Hyde level laughter <laughs> of like, I can't believe what I'm watching. And that was how I felt about this. But you made a good point on the way back home where you said, you said, uh. But with with a Snyder with Snyder's Superman, it's born out of spite. Like it's born out of this desire to, in a way, kind of destroy Superman mm-hmm. and all the faith we're supposed to have in him. And whereas with Monster Hunter, it's what did you say? It was an honest misunderstanding. I really do think it was that. Like I think the things that Paul 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 that Paul focused on in the movie weren't bad like he clearly cared a lot about you know like like monster big fight cool (laughs) great but like it's all of the it's all of the surrounding ephemera that Mm. doesn't fit like the tone of the universe doesn't fit the other characters and their reactions to each other don't fit Mm -hmm. like the like like the spiders. Oh my god, the fucking spiders. Yeah, we were we were like we wanted the spiders to go away. We didn't Forever. want the spiders anymore. Forever. They kept coming fucking back. And it's like I feel like he just picked them because they're spiders and spiders are scary. And there were 
thousands of them. Which is not, if I remember correctly, how you fight them in the games. Like, there's only one at a time in the games. They don't they don't come in swarms, but whatever. It, it well, Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Well, but I mean, like, when you have thousands of something, it doesn't matter what they are anymore. You don't get a chance to actually, like, look at it and admire it and, and take it in as an individual thing because it's a swarm. Right, and again, Paul... Paul. <laughs> he thought bugs, he thought spiders, he thought scary, he thought... And they're scariest when there's thousands of them. Yeah. And... Which is not wrong, but it's not Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's it's not Monster Hunter. It's, it's a different... Okay, but here's the thing. Now, we keep saying that, and we do keep comparing this to the games. It's... It's the same name. It's, But I'm thinking about a perspective of somebody who's going to see this, who hasn't played the games and doesn't know a whole lot about the games. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just thinking about like, I'm thinking about all these things that keep getting brought up and getting shown that are endemic to the Monster Hunter universe, to the games, but are never explained or... And never like, but like how the like how the weapons have magic powers. They like have fire, elemental powers. Like elemental powers. They have elemental and powers. And that's just never like it's never addressed. addressed. It's never addressed. And then if you're again, if you don't, you're not familiar with the Monster Hunter games. You're not going to know what the fuck a palico is. The it's p- just a cat living in their boat making stakes. You are going to be so confused if you. Don't know what a pa- and I guarantee you. I think you and I talked about this. Yeah, I guarantee you, Paul. Paul did Paul. not know what the palicos were, and when and someone from Toho or Capcom, because Toho co-produced this, someone from Toho or Capcom, Toho. they know what they did. Um, <laughs> somebody came to him and said, "No, no, no, you need to put the palicos in there." The, the palico needs to be represented in the game on and the movie on some level. And he's like, what do you talk? What's a palico? And we're like, well, they are these cats and they're little helpers. And he's like, that's stupid. He probably was like, that's, I really get the impression that he very grudgingly put the palico in. See, I'm going to fight you on that a little bit because the palico was so spot on perfect to what a palico is and acts like in the game. Mm. Like, if he really didn't like them and didn't want them, he wouldn't have gone to the effort of basically putting it in exactly as you see it in a cutscene in the game. I think he loved the shit out of the palicos. And I think he was thinking that this was going to be this nice little tension break of humor in this otherwise almost joyless movie. Assault. Yes, this assault of a movie. And it just fell flat because it was out of nowhere. It it came and went. It didn't read. It hardly registered because there's already so much weird fucking shit happening. <sighs> I mean, if they hadn't spent so much damn time in the desert with just Tony Jaw and Mila Jovovich talking or kick fighting, I like, felt like like the very beginning of the movie, the first two minutes of the movie. Was just, it was just like the start of a game. You got the boat, 
It's in the desert. It's going. You see this this broad cast of diverse characters in colorful, expressive outfits. It looks interesting. It looks like the beginning of an adventure. Give me that movie, you cowards! <laughs> like like cut like cutting over to this this fish out of water. The oh the worlds collide. Like such a fucking cheap cop out. Like just just give me a monster hunter movie. Yeah, the games have plots. You don't have to adapt any specific... And there's also, like, there's manga and anime and stuff based on the games, too. It's not hard to make a story out of I mean, we have fantasy movies. We have Lord of the Rings. They exist. But I feel, again, like... Okay, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Paul... Paul. <laughs> loves Paul. the Palicos. Maybe he does love the Palicos. Maybe he does love aspects of this game. But he probably was like, well, no one's going to give a shit unless... Or maybe even not even that. Maybe he was... He himself is just so hung up on military fetishization. I mean, it could be. I Personally, I don't really want to guess at his thoughts or motives because we, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that, like, well, he, he does... He's never played the game. I think he has. I think that's why mm. he wanted to make this movie. Is that's I think possible. he, I think he saw aspects of it, and he thought, "Well, I can work that in, but I can do it cool with like this military thing." Like maybe I don't know. Like I, this this didn't feel mean spirited in the way that like a Zack Snyder feels mean spirited. Mm. This just feels like <laughs> it just feels like maybe misplaced excitement or focusing on the wrong aspects Well, focusing on the right or trying to incorporate the parts that you thought were cool, but missing sort of the broader messages of the universe that it lives in and, and trying to orient it instead in a universe that makes more sense to you, which is tragically sad, brutal survivalism, brutal survivalism. He, 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 he's, it's, he's missing the, swashbuckling joy yes that is that is not present and replacing it with brutal survivalism which is just not what the games are about and it's not it doesn't make a good movie like it would be one thing like it doesn't have to a hundred percent match the game yeah that's fine that would be fine but it's not a good movie it's a slog and it's it's exhausting it's loud it's frenetic it's the pacing is all over the place there are there are moments where I can hardly keep up with the dialogue because there's jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. And then the first time the movie stops to take a breath is after Mila Jovovich has escaped the spiders and she's sort of like sitting in the desert having her anxiety attack about it. And it that's the only that's the first point in the movie where the movie stops and actually hovers on her and lets her be silent for a little bit. And that's the point where we're all screaming. It's like, no, no, you gotta go. The spiders get out of there. Get away from the spider you are holes. Daylight. Move away from where spiders are. It's and and I mean that's another aspect that we could harp on about this. Like these other characters are freaking out, and there's this moment where Mila Jovovich is, who's this captain. She's like, she's the commander, and. Instead of doing, you know, maybe the hell, I, I, I don't, I don't know from army, <laughs> like, I don't know how they do things. I, we could go down that road, but I don't really want to. It just feels like screaming at your troops who are having an existential crisis that there are, uh, is a, there is a dragon triceratops 
and a bunch of spiders trying to kill you, maybe don't yell at your soldiers to get over it. Like, yeah, again, that's part of what makes it feel so dated. There's yeah. like weird references to like, man, Captain's a woman, but, and I'm like, any sentence that starts with that needs to not. I could not believe that line, that opening line of, she may be a woman, but I'm like, oh my God, is this 1992? It feels so dated. It's so dated. Anyway, we're going to wrap this segment up because we're both exhausted. It was, it was a trying time. (laughs) I still greatly, I still, I had a fun time with it because I, I get to a certain point in certain films I didn't quite hate it as much as I hated Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but I had a similar experience where I'm like, again, I am laughing at the architecture of the film falling so hard on its face. Mm. Um, So, again, like, the effects are good. The production design is good. The the monsters are cool. I just don't know if Monster Hunter fans are going to like this, which makes me wonder who the fuck this movie is for. I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing some reviews of people that have never once mm. played Monster Hunter or have any idea of what it's what it's like or what it's about and just they're just seeing this purely as a movie. I would be really interested to know or to hear the perspective of someone that saw this and liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious. Because for me, like, again, I don't play a lot of Monster Hunter, but I'm aware of it. And so there was that jarring disconnect between what I knew it was in the games and what this was. And that I had a lot of problems with this movie is just a holistic movie. Right. With, with, with all of the things that I said. Yes. <laughs> but I'd be interested in hearing some other perspectives. Because yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I think I am going to give this movie um is that it? Is that your rating? I'm going to give this 4 out of 10. Um hold on, let me look at my shelf. Wait, my monster hunters aren't in here. Uh I'm going to give this movie 4 out of 10 uh dogs that I'm going to ride in Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> that is you, you could take that in so many ways, and I'm not going <laughs> to go there. Do you have a rating? Yeah, I'm going to give this 2 out of 10 spot-on palicos. Okay, I like that. All right, well, stay tuned, guys, because I'm going to get Rebecca on the horn, and we're going to get a like a diehard Monster Hunter fan's perspective. Good. And it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Oh my god, it, it's, it's, it's even more Monster Hunter. It's more Monster Hunter because you asked for it, ladies and gentlemen. No one asked for this. A hundred percent more Monster Hunter, 50% less monsters. <laughs> That's the experience we're bringing you today. You shouldn't be right, but you absolutely are. Look, I mean, here's the thing. It, it, just to catch everyone up to speed... Who's listening, and I guess you didn't listen to the first part. Don't know why you wouldn't. It's all the same file. In that dark and echoing theater, there were two other people in addition to myself and Morgan. There was returning Giganticast guest co-host, co-star, whatever you want to call yourself, Rebecca. Hey, we talked about Monster Hunter the last time I was here. Yeah, that what was that, three years ago? I don't know. I don't remember time. <laughs> yeah, time is an illusion. 
And uh, it was back when Monster Hunter World came out. It sure was. <laughs> Whenever the hell that was. Whenever that, exactly. We also have a new uh, a new uh, uh, little guest over here. We got David. Say hi, David. Hi, David. Yep, there it is. He'll fit in just <laughs> fine. Yep, okay. <laughs> Did I pass the test? Yeah. We got well, dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Morgan and I recorded a little first segment, and we talked about the movie as um i being a person who likes monster hunter but haven't played a whole lot you know just a a couple of the games and i like i like the man storbs mm-hmm. morgan who is probably the most casual person in the theater that night uh who's only played uh, games the games a teeny tiny bit now I I have made sure to bring in probably the people who I know personally who play Monster Hunter pretty consistently. That's y'all. That's you guys. Oh. Oh, that's us? Oh, that's sweet. you guys. <laughs> We're like experts or something. That's that's yeah. awesome. Fuck, damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, beans. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> so... We've already talked a little bit about the plot, such as it is, in the previous part, but I wanted to see if y'all, you two, my Monster Hunter uh, cabinet, so to speak, my administration, Uh the delegation from (laughs) Monster Hunter, can maybe also explain a little bit of what was going on. Like, what was, like, like first impressions? Go. Well. (laughs) It was, wow, the noises. That's the first thing that screams to me. Yeah. Sometimes literally. Yes. It's astonishing to me how badly they, they miss the mark. You know, I wasn't expecting like any grand Monster Hunter themes or anything like that to come back. I'm not sure I could remember very many off the top of my head anyway. I mean, I would definitely know the Monster Hunter. Like, yeah. True. Like, the, okay. You know, that that's fair. That's fair. Um, this movie did not have those. I don't think it had a one. I'm not sure it had notes. <laughs> I don't remember the music except for when we that one time made fun of it being like electronic music at the very start. They kept bringing that back like as though it was a thing. <laughs> it was like Rathalos had a theme and that theme was And if you tried to hum that or sing that to someone, would they say, oh, that's the Rathalos theme from the movie? Or would they say, that sounds like Max 300? And I don't know what you're going for here. But it was so metallic and just aggressively achromatic that it was Mm -hmm. completely unrecognizable as a thing, as a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a thing. It's like it's like someone said it, it felt like there were so many choices in this movie that felt like they were very outdated choices. Like first of which someone said, Well, it's a video game, right? So electronic music. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they say? Well, <laughs> With clicks and diodes. <laughs> You know, like a video game would. Like the video games. (laughs) And the pants banging together and the nails and the chalkboard. That's that's all like the games. That's music. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I really can't help but think that the, uh, because they kept talking about in the promotion of the movie that they brought in the creators, the, 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 I guess the creators of Monster Hunter or they're, they're just the current guys in charge of it or whatever. And 
something yeah, they like kept that. bringing them in to be like look at this thing we're making and they're just like wow that rathalos looks like rathalos and it's like i feel like that's all they showed them like yeah <laughs> like they showed them the monsters and got the monsters looking pretty accurate as about it they did look the part i will give them you know credit where credit is due and i know y'all said the just the sheer abundance of spiders like that is an actual creature <laughs> in the universe but i mm-hmm. don't i don't remember them beyond like you know the tarantulas you can keep as pets in your house if you if you want if you're like that they're not in world they're not oh they're not in world okay there is a giant spider monster in monster hunter i have blinked on its name but yeah it's not in world i don't think it was even in like try uh i'm not i don't remember if it was in like generations ultimate or anything like that but it's not one of the more well-known monsters like it's not a fucking rathalos or a diablos you know you wouldn't see it on the cover of any game yeah well, it just seems to me like now I'm I'm not I don't think it's a bad idea to take uh to dig into some of the monsters in Monster Hunter that aren't just essentially flying dinosaurs. Like that's not a mm-hmm. bad idea if you want to dig into like oh there's bugs. It's like there's there's giant insects too. It's like okay, that works. But there's just like so much of it is just spiders. I I think the problem is that like the thing with Monster Hunter is that it doesn't matter what the monster is, whether it is mammalian or a lizard or a dragon or an insect. Every monster has its spotlight and it is a creature that they have put intense amounts of like detail and love into and in the movie you barely are even able to like see it because it's in shadow so much and it's moving so fast and there's like a thousand of them so like it's not showcased as an individual monster that gets its own like this is the spider monster it's just oh no spiders you know (laughs) Like, that's the huge difference, is that it's just treated like a horde of creatures and not a monster, as it is in the games. So in the games, it's not like you're fighting hundreds of spiders at once. Also, there's a Diablos in this desert somewhere. (laughs) No, like, there is the spider monster which again i've i've completely blanked on what its name is and i think it i think it <laughs> might have like smaller monsters the way that like the great jagras has jaggies but like again even if that's the case oh no three other little spiders you mm-hmm. know it feels like again a uh, uh, paul ws anderson i keep wanting to say uve bowl and that's not technically correct it, it feels like paul ws anderson found out there were spiders and said, oh, we have to make thousands of them. Because again, he's approaching Monster Hunter the way he approached Resident Evil, which is, it has to be scary, and it has to be upsetting, and it has to be... It has to be scary, and it has to be body horror. And I'm like, yeah, but this isn't Resident Evil, though. (laughs) I don't recall a single instance of body horror in Monster Hunter World. I don't recall horror, really. Even, you know, the Rotten Vale, which is the closest thing you get to, like, the elephant graveyard. It's not scary. There's a weird kind of reverence about it. Um, particularly when you figure out, oh, that's that's 
where they go to die, that's the thing. And you recognize it in-game as a part of this grand cycle. But in the movie, it's just, here's Scary Desert by R.L. Stein plus body <laughs> horror. Yep. Why? Why did you do this to us? <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> it was exhausting. Yeah, that was the that was the takeaway that Morgan and I had. Was we were, it was the first thing we, we said was... It was. Ex- I am exhausted. We are exhausted. You, the three of us. Have, I, 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 we're recording now. A couple days later, we have the advantage of time and sleep because <laughs> because when we got when Morgan and I got home, she was like, "I we're only gonna maybe have like half an hour before I'm gonna need to go to bed because we were so just worn out." from the whole experience because that editing was so frenetic and so they couldn't hold on any shot for too long. There was a particular scene early in the film between like all the Marines when they're like, they're in the human desert and they're like, what's that on the horizon? And they're, they all have to have like a quippy one line. And every time they say it, the camera had to like switch to them immediately. So it was just like cut, 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 cut. For all these characters to get these completely uninteresting, quippy lines in. Like, it was the film version of when you read a story by, like, a fifth grader, and it reads like, and then he said, and then she said, and then he said, and then she said. And you're like, okay, all right. Like, that's enough. Yeah, take that fifth grader story and then give it the power to make you car sick. (laughs) (laughs) I think... (laughs) I yep. feel like that really does. I feel like that should be a poll quote for Rotten Tomatoes or something. <laughs> Man, that is spot on. Because I was, I, I had just talked to my friend Martin, who's a friend of the site. Um, I need to have him on a Giganticast. He'd probably be fun as a guest. Uh, but Martin saw it himself for review as well because he's on another review site, and he was very kind of blasé about it. He was like. I have no experience with the Monster Hunter games, but it just seemed kind of dumb and kind of fun. He actually was not entirely repulsed by it until, ironically, until Ron Perlman showed up. That was when he <laughs> like was like, "Oh, I'm not enjoying this as much." And I think it was because oh, no. I think it was because he was enjoying this um this brutal survivalist narrative with uh, Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa in the desert. Which mm. I guess, as a as a core narrative, is inherently more compelling if in the in the vacuum of this film, then mm-hmm. it's much more compelling than this. The rest of the story, which kind of comes out of nowhere, it feels very disconnected. Yeah, it's like oh, by the way, here's the rest of the plot being delivered to us by Ron Perlman with I guess a possum on his head. how did they train it to stay so still (laughs) (laughs) oh it's dead Uh, oh oh no they hunted it like how is ron perlman so like perfect for that role and they fucked it up so bad because like if you told me ron perlman is going to play one of the captain characters from monster hunter world i'd be like 
oh yeah, fuck yeah, that looks just like him. Like, he'll fit perfectly there. And then you see him in the movie and you're like, oh no. Oh, oh ah. no. Like, no. Ah. Mm. The DBZ con is that way, sir. <laughs> oh, jeez. His wig is very bad. He's not, like, he seems thoroughly uninterested in being in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all his lines are just kind of delivered very flat, very like, eh. And then this happens. Yeah. We're in the Monster Hunter. And then it's like, oh, uh, he's just not even trying. <laughs> yeah. Then there was Rathalos. Uh, I guess there's a devil show over there somewhere fucking, I don't know. I I wish <laughs> we got the pickle. I wish Devil Joe was in <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, well, you know, I bet they're going to save him for the sequel. <laughs> Can we all agree that that sequel's not fucking happening? <laughs> If there is mercy in the universe, there will not be. At least not like this. I want to know what the box office is for it. Because obviously, I don't think it was released on any kind of VOD. If it had come out outside of a pandemic, it probably would have done enough to at least warrant a direct-to-video sequel or something, you know? Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Okay, reception, box office. As of January 13th, Monster Hunter has grossed 8 million whole dollars in the U.S. and Canada. And um, so it's currently sitting at 18.6 million. It cost about uh, $60 million to make, which is surprisingly low. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah, the, the ratio is not quite as bad as I figured it would be. I mean, I figure that this is one of those things. Well, I, I, that's the other thing. It's because it was all shot in the desert. They were able to get some of it on the cheap because 80% of it is in just one desert. <laughs> and for all we know, it's Bronson Canyon. Apparently, most of it was filmed in South Africa, which I mean, and then the rest of it is obviously like green screens and a couple of sets and more desert. Um, I do have to say... And 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 Morgan kept commenting on this, of course, but I think I was the person in the movie who had the best time. And I think I think that's just how I described it in the previous part. I have not laughed like that while watching a film since I saw, I think, Man of Steel, because I'm laughing at the absurdity of it. It's a combination mm-hmm. of you kind of briefly can't believe what you're watching and also, so you feel like you're going crazy, but you can also see the architecture of the film and you can see where they're like, oh, they filmed this for the trailer and then didn't know where to put it in the film. They had scenes in mind, not a plot. <laughs> and they had to they had to try to build a plot around scenes, but they did it bad. Speaking of doing it bad, can we can we bring up that tower? Because talk about a letdown as far as like, okay, they're foreshadowing the heck out of it. You see shot after shot, just at least I think it was shot after shot. I I don't know. There was a lot of sand. (laughs) David, I hate sand. It's coarse. (laughs) It's rough. (laughs) Gets everywhere. Anyway, go ahead. Not like everything here, which is smooth, touches woman. Um, (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I can't believe I caught that reference. Awesome. Uh, so, but there's this tower there, right? And it's clearly the source of all this going on. And I think we know that by like minute seven, because you see it in the midst of all the flashing, I, I think. 
I think there's a lot of camera movement, but you see it pretty early and then over and over. It's like, okay, that's the big source, right? That's where we got to go. And they go and they get to the front door and then we're back to human desert. And like, yeah. really? You couldn't at least let us see the cockpit of this thing? You couldn't open the front <laughs> door? Talk about wasted potential. Like they could have, <sighs> if they wanted to do their their whole grim dark edgelord spider desert thing i think the whole thing would have been better served if the movie took place in the lore of the very first monster hunter just before the first like ancient civilization got wiped out from their own hubris and technology going crazy mm-hmm. then they could have done like a bunch of creepy monsters and made into weapons and things going bad and the desert being made And it would have left room in the sequel for like Monster Hunter World or the guild to come in and the the expedition and all that. I think the problem with that is that we don't know what that world looks like. That world of the first civilization is never actually seen in games. It's only only talked about. They could have explored that in the movie. I've not played the first game. I I literally know what you told me about it, Rebecca. You you know, if you're going to take creative license with something, maybe that's the thing to do. I probably would have respected the film more if they did something like that. Because not only would it have put effort into being its own thing, but like it would have shown that they actually did more work and research into the lore of Monster Hunter, which you can tell somebody did. One lone intern clearly did a lot of research into Monster Hunter for this film, but like it feels wasted. (laughs) what i think happened is and this is something that morgan brought up in the last part um it it is she from her perspective she feels that paul ws anderson actually clearly does like the games and likes the world and he doesn't understand it and he probably hasn't played it very much but he probably got excited at because he also like wrote the story and Mm -hmm. what what i think probably happened is he sat down with with Capcom, like some reps from Capcom, and they like put they laid out like all of these design documents and concept art, and they basically took him to Monster Hunter Boot Camp. It's like it's like a it's like a cat's class where you have to learn how to convey being a cat through dance, and then you get keyed out in uh, green screen. But um, I had to make a cat's reference at some point. Sure. Um, <laughs> That was in the contract, I understand. He had, like, the book smart of Monster Hunter. Where it's like, oh, yes, this man knows facts about Monster Hunter. Right, and I feel like they told him, like, well, there was this ancient, there were these, there, he probably asked, like, well, what are these ruins all about? And they were like, oh, well, there was this ancient civilization that was destroyed by their hubris, and they had something to do with the monsters. We're not entirely sure what that is, but they had technology that the characters in Monster Hunter no longer have access to. And that probably made him start thinking about, like, well, that's how we could get my wife into this movie. Because mm-hmm. she's not going to want to run around with a big sword until Act 4. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The I want to know the behind the scenes of this whole thing. I This is like more so than a lot of films. I really want to know what the process was here. Yeah, why were decisions made the way they were? <laughs> I feel like maybe we've kind of hit the nail on the head there where it's like, 
he knew facts about Monster yeah. Hunter. <laughs> he could recite lore and history and make the monsters technically look like game accurate. He doesn't emotionally understand Monster Hunter. Zero emotional intelligence when it comes to understanding that game. Right. And you and I talked about that after we got out of the theater where we were like, that was the most joyless. Well, I was going to I was going to say the moment that I realized what, how you were going to feel about this movie was after some really horrible shit happened, some fucking body horror up in here, some aliens shit happened. I heard you just quietly say Monster Hunter is a fun game. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, that's that's the review, isn't it? <laughs> because because it's it true. is. It's supposed to be this swashbuckling fun adventure with these larger than life characters. And this movie is so spiteful and so angry. It's so cynical, like, and I, I I kept coming back to this one thought, and I was like, Monster Hunter is a joyful game. It is a game that is joyful and is, like, it revels in the beauty and both the, like, ridiculousness of its world. It is a happy game. It's like, yeah, you're fighting these giant scary monsters that, yeah, probably are incredibly dangerous but there is such a like enjoyment of doing that and there's such a bombasticness to it like these characters like a monster will be attacking and they're like oh we better defeat this thing because it'll come in and destroy literally everything and you have these characters like joking and laughing and eating these ridiculous cartoon-esque meals that look delicious <laughs> like there's a there's a joy to it, and there was just none of that to the movie. I absolutely hear you on the joy portion there, and as far as movie vibes they could have aspired to, like, the first Pirates of the Caribbean is about the feel I think they should have gone for. Because you said swashbuckling. Like, that that's the perfect adjective for it. It's this gung-ho gang of adventurers slash researchers slash chef cats who are just <laughs> out there and sometimes they want to capture a T-Rex and study it. And other times they have to stop a rampaging ice dragon because that that's life. But we got this death Valley as told in the blade runner universe instead. And why? I almost feel like somebody should have come in here and like rewritten the film in a, in a way that was almost more akin to the pacing of the first Jurassic park. Where there is this just like this wonder and this joy to this world where it's like, oh my God, can you believe what we're seeing? It's amazing. And then you can introduce, oh yeah, also it's really threatening. And you don't have to push it into as much horror as Jurassic Park goes near like the end of that film. But like, you gotta give a reason for people to love the world of Monster Hunter World. Yeah, it was like they approached it, they approached it almost from this Game of Thrones kind of vibe, where I, I remembered this really great um, image macro that was going around on the internet a couple of, uh, uh, like a couple of years ago that said like, 
Lord of the Rings fans. Oh man, I want to go to Middle Earth and um and like uh, Harry Potter fans. I want to go to Hogwarts and uh, Game of Thrones fans. Now nah, I'm good. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically, I'm gonna stay home. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is great. Yeah, sure. I can watch this from a distance. And it's just, and that's not what Monster Hunter is. Like, you think about the theme, like, I could not imagine the Monster Hunter theme that dun 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 I could not imagine that theme anywhere in this film. Playing over any part of this film. Right, like, the closest thing to a, like, oh, wow, it's beautiful, was that one scene with the Astonauts or Astaroths or whatever they're called. And, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, immediately the little, uh, fish dragon jumps out. And I remember, I think I leaned over to one of y'all and said like something immediately is going to jump out to try to kill her. And then mm-hmm. it happened. And I was like, oh my God, that was, I was saying that as a joke. <laughs> well, I did the same thing later when she's in the bottom of the boat and I'm like, a palico is going to jump out and jump scare us. And it happened. Yeah, Morgan said the same thing. She was like, if they do a jump scare with the palico, I swear to God. Like we both called it and they did it. I can't believe it. And of course, if you see him in the game, like he's just up there on the top floor in plain view, talking it up with the handlers and whoever's left behind. This is not a jump scare universe. I feel like they could have, that would have worked better if the movie had not already been, well, okay. I sort of see that, I bet you that, that Paul, as we, we, we just started disappointingly calling him Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah, Paul. We, we just started um, thinking about how, okay, I bet Paul ha- was thinking, okay, uh, we've had a lot of jump scares in this movie. It's been a scary, intense film. We're going to build up another jump scare, but this time it's going to be, like, funny. It's going to be, like, a joke. At the same time, though, we're already so exhausted. At that point, yeah, I'm like, I'm tired of your shit. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Stop it. It would have been funnier <laughs> if the Palico jump scare was something that felt kind of weird and out of place and then was reinforced to be like, oh, no, this guy isn't scary. Look, he's putting a garnish on the steak. And he really was the best part of the movie. He truly was. Because it's just this pitch-perfect palico. And I can't help but think... And now, my, and my initial thought was, again, anyone who is not familiar with Monster Hunter is going to be so confused. Because they're going to be like, what the fuck is this cat man? I feel like the last 15 minutes of that movie are going to confuse the fuck out of anyone who is not familiar <laughs> with Monster Hunter. Because, like, the last 15 minutes of that movie... Come at you like a train off its tracks. (laughs) It comes at you like crazy, and it's the closest the movie gets to having... I I don't want to say, like, parody with the game, because I don't think it ever achieves that. It's the closest it gets to, like, maybe being sort of Monster Hunter adjacent. Maybe we're having a little bit of fun. Particularly that ending thing just before the credits, where you see you know, the Admiral and, for some reason, the Cat Chef and what's-her-face with the blades? Artemis. Which we didn't know her name until the end of the movie. I I mean, I think they say it, but, like... Sergeant Major? They they say it at some point, but, like, there's so many characters that you're trying to keep track of in the beginning of the film and all the quippy dialogue goes so fast, you're just like, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> they're trying to endear us to these characters and with the knowledge that they're all going to get murdered. 
And that way, you know, it's supposed to resonate more deeply with Artemis when her whole crew gets killed. But if you're just rapid firing, quippy, quippy rapid fire dialogue. All right, listen up, screenwriters. Yes. Um, <laughs> These are the screenwriters. You can't replace characterization and earnest connections between characters with rapid fire, quippy dialogue. To try to be like, well, they're in a they're in an army unit and they're friends and they're also soldiers. And blah, 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 blah. They needed at least three less army guys for me to even start to care. Because there were just too many. And like it never settled on one. It never gave us time with one. The only reason I was able to like differentiate any of them was like, okay. This one's a black woman. This one's a black man. And then there's just like four white men. I couldn't tell apart. Yeah, I, I was like, there was one. I there was where was uh, I think there was an Asian guy. I think hard to say. <laughs> Didn't get a lot of screen time if there I'm was. Trying to remember, was there? In, in the army, this sucks that I have to bring this up. But the only reason I remember that is because I was looking for him subconsciously because there was a news item about him, about his character, because he makes a super racist joke in one version of the film in like the early Chinese release. And it's considered even in China, like in China, even it's considered a super offensive joke and they cut it from all the other versions of the film. So this character, the only character that I immediately picked up on, I knew about from a a news item about this film's racism, which I don't think is a good look. Nope. That's wow. not good at all. Yeah, it's not great. What else did they Oof. cut? As we know, he, she's a woman, but she still, like, insults her platoon by calling them ladies. And I'm just sitting here like, you guys remember that, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's stuck in my craw the whole freaking movie. That set the tone for just, oh, God, one of these. She, like, called them ladies, and then one of the other guys had to, like, make a quippy comment, like... Even though she's a woman, it still stings, and it's or she st it still makes it sound like an insult. And I was like, ah, two thousand seven era feminism that's told by a man. That's what this is. So much of this film felt very outdated, felt very just, yeah, just kind of wrong headed in a lot of ways. I will admit, though, there were some moments where I was genuinely enjoying myself. They were few and far between. I, I actually thought that the whole sequence where they are actively fighting the Diablos was pretty cool and pretty well done. I, I legitimately thought that when they were actually fighting monsters, that stuff was kind of fun. The, like, little nuggets of Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa, like, bonding were pretty yes. cute. Bonding after... There was, like, almost a good movie in those. Yes. Um, and, like, anything with the, like other hunters and handlers who don't have speaking lines, by the way, they're just there to pantomime, but like anything with them was pretty enjoyable just because they were so accurate to the game. And they were so like kind of lighthearted and funny in their very few scenes that they had. Yeah. When they weren't treating Mila Jovovich like a dog. Yeah. That was weird. To see anyone looking like the handler treating another human being 
like some barely sentient thing way beneath them on the hierarchy of living things. Like, what what, what are you doing? She's so nice. <laughs> Why? That is Paul having a fundamental misunderstanding of this world and this universe. Yeah, that is another thing that I felt like the costumes were really good. I felt like the, um, I felt like the, yeah, the characters on the ship looked like they had stepped out of the games. They're game accurate. It's like, it's the handler and then it's the, like, it's the plucky, like, red-haired guy and his handler. Like, it's them from world. Again, they don't get any speaking lines, but... It's not entirely clear if they all died while fighting the Rathalos, which I'm sitting here thinking, like, y'all are some Bush League hunters if Rathalos is killing you all. The handlers were, like, taking pot shots at Rathalos, and I'm like, no! (laughs) They're not hunters. They're very clearly not. They should be, like, on the boat still. (laughs) Well, again, it's like, it's just that fundamental misunderstanding. I, I do have to say... I, I even though I was howling with laughter, I genuinely enjoyed watching the Rathalos destroy the U.S. Army. The absurdity of it just hit me like a freight train. This thing, this monster that you can kill with swords and bows and arrows in the games is just ripping tanks apart and destroying Ospreys. And I'm like, oh, I am fucking here for this. This is amazing. I kind of blanked on that until you brought it up just now, but that's the moment where I'm like, this is a fine film. Just just (laughs) for that scene, just watching Arathalos tear apart a helicopter, I was willing to forget everything else for a blissful few seconds. (laughs) I just found myself frustrated because at that point in the film, I'm like, dude, we got like 10 minutes left and we just left what should have been the climax at the tower to be here. Like, and I think it goes back to what you said, where it's like somebody had that scene in their mind and then they didn't know how to get to it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, exactly. And that is, I think, is unfortunately becoming a more and more frequent problem in a lot of films. I mean, uh, the Zack Snyder films all have those moments of like, this is not relevant to the story. This is for the trailer or it's just a scene that they had in mind. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was filled with those scenes um, because that movie doesn't have a story. It's a series of... That movie is strung together the way a Russian production company is trying to string together a uh, like a, like a Russian version of a, an American action film from the 80s. Like, they know that there have to be these scenes... But they don't understand how in a film you're supposed to string those scenes together through a narrative. And when you have a movie like this where your entire plot hinges on this MacGuffin that lets you travel between worlds, you just get to do whatever. You just get to have these scenes. So, like, your average Western story is everybody knows, like, the three-act structure. Which isn't a hard and fast rule by any means. You can definitely break it. There's a lot of movies out there which are actually like a four-act structure. You know, like, I think I think Kubrick does that a lot or something like that. But, like, generally speaking, you have this structure for storytelling. You have your first act, you have your second act, you have your third act. And you have, like, these sort of markers along the way. This movie felt like it was a six-and-a-half structure, <laughs> like, act structure movie. 
but none of them were spaced properly. <laughs> like, the third act was the desert, and it was like 70% of the Wait, movie. the third act was the de- Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, first act was soldiers in desert. Second act was like spiders. <laughs> third act was all the desert with Tony Jaw. And then like, a little bit of forest, a little bit of hunters, tower, our world, stinger. <laughs> I just feel like the whole thing was act three spiders. But I mean, I, I know objectively you're, you're right here. I just, but my gut says spider desert. And I can't turn that off. That truly is the long of the short of it, is Spider Desert. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been yammering for about 45 minutes or so. Uh, Is there any, are there any final thoughts anybody has that they want to like, they're just burning to get out of their system? I have two thoughts. My first one is that that in sequence where they're at the tower and then she gets sucked back into the real world with the Rathalos somehow and it does all that chaos, I thought it would have been a much cooler sequence. And this is almost what they I thought they were going to do at first, where she, like, the long and short, she has to jump off this cliff to avoid getting eaten by the, like, the Rathalos, and she jumps into some kind of time-space rupture. I'm not explaining it beyond that. And ends up back in our world. And then somehow the Rathalos does the same thing and wreaks havoc on the U.S. Army. It's dumb, but I almost thought for a second that, like, because there were all these, like, portals kind of opening up and around there that were unstable, I was like, oh, are they going to do this, like, jumping thing where, like, she jumps through one and ends up somewhere else and then jumps through another and, like, having this almost, like, fun Scooby-Doo corridor of doors-esque chase through these different, like you know, in and out of our world and jump through one portal on the left side of the tower and end up on the other side, like, something cool and bombastic like that. They didn't, but, I mean, it would have been cool. I think that would have been, that would have been really cool, but I also feel like that, I feel like that could have been a movie in and of itself of just using this tower to jump from place to place or something. That sounds like it's like like its own film. Well, I mean, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie was its own. <laughs> God, that's true. That was it. The whole, the whole last thing with the tower and everything, it felt completely divorced from the rest of what we were just experiencing. You know, your film is poorly paced when only in the last 20 minutes, do you feel like, Oh, the movie's getting started. <laughs> God, it did. I kept waiting. The whole thing felt like prologue. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Oh, I was I was just going to say my other thought, and it goes back to not understanding the emotion of Monster Hunter, is that it, Monster Hunter is a very, like, camaraderie-heavy game. It's like, it's not competitive. You have to work with other players, and you have to work with other people, and it's about, like, joining forces to take down these monsters that are bigger and more powerful than you. Like, it's all about teamwork and working together. And this movie had, like, no understanding of that. Tony Jaw is immediately hostile for no fucking reason. They have to have this extended, like, fight sequence for no fucking reason. Except the director was like, yeah, this is how you make friends in a movie. You tell them to put on the glasses. That's what you do. Put on the fucking glasses. They finally run into the other, you know, hunters and uh, Ronald Perlman. (laughs) And, like... They help each other, and then Ron immediately punches her and puts her in, like, boat jail. And it's just like, 
what is what is this world like? Because everybody like humans get along in Monster Hunter. There are no like warring tribes and shit like that because at the end of the day everybody has to get along because there are bigger threats out there and it doesn't make sense to just have these characters who are in like a very life and death and much more dire seeming situation than the game's ever presented as just like trying to tear each other apart like for no reason yeah i mean that was definitely something i kept bringing up is the kick fight this this endless kick fight where we were all just like wanting it to end Oh my god, it went on for so long. And it was as though they wanted to show off Tony Jaw's martial arts abilities, but... Yeah. Would have been cool to see that when he fought a monster. <laughs> Golly, can you imagine? You don't have to kick fight the Rathalos or whatever. You just have Tony Jaw doing cool stunts and like leaping and jumping and stuff. He doesn't have to kick fight. He was using a great sword and a bow. He'd be doing that anyway. There was no monster hunting in this movie. Oh no. No, this was defending against relentless onslaught of monster. That's a different game. Okay. Tell you what, I'm going to hold on to those thoughts. David, you go. If there's any final thoughts that were burning a hole in your pocket. Okay. This movie as a whole is indicative of a, a particular kind of mindset going behind directing films in, I want to say high fantasy. That's not the right term, but like wildly fantastical settings beyond earth are the, the basis for the, the story. And there's this tendency to want to have a very real connection to Earth to the point where you're ripping U.S. soldiers out of their universe and sticking them into a completely different one. And I, I can't help but feel that's kind of a cop-out from a writing perspective where it, it's it's showing that you're not you're not being brave enough to just write in this fantasy world and are confident enough that you can still hook the audience in a completely alien world without needing to rely on, and there's an interdimensional portal, and here's this Earth person and their platoon. It's, yeah, it's not trusting the audience to just be on board with your story. Just run with it. You've got this huge, brightly colorful, swashbuckling world that y you could make a story out of. They didn't do it. So I was mostly just disappointed and agitated at the loud sounds until we got <laughs> to the kick fight where it was briefly funny, but also annoying. And then I didn't know when the movie was ending because everything felt like act three, four, five, or six, or seven. What are we, what are we up to? Those are X. That's an excellent point. I feel like there's two kinds of stories that do that, where they bring a person from our world into their world. The I feel like the right way to do it, even if it's not a particularly good film, but I feel like the right way to do it is the, like, 70s version of Flash Gordon, where it's very tongue-in-cheek, and it's kind of treated like a joke. Like, of course, this football player is going to become the hero that we need, but again, it's it's almost treated like a like a like a joke. And through his eyes, we're traveling through this ridiculous over the top world. And then you have the other version, which is the Masters of the Universe movie, where you're bringing in people from our world, but they have no there's no reason for them to be there. It's just you've just just you you haven't written an audience surrogate. You've written a 
plot device. You've written a pair of binoculars for the audience to look through. I don't know. I mean, they're both kind of crappy movies, but Flash Gordon is at least having fun. Although Skeletor in the Master of the Universe, Master of the Universe movie is awesome. But anyway, okay. So one of the things we do traditionally on this website is we give a rating of um, X out of ten. Uh, the rating that I gave uh, to to the movie for the first part. I think I gave it four out of five dogs I'm going to ride in Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> oh, man, I think it's it's about a thousand spiders out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> David? Oh, God, I didn't know there was homework. I didn't come up with a... You want me to come up with a rating? Okay, okay, on the fly. <laughs> We're going to go with two potentially wasted towers out of 17. Nice, I like that. Yeah, that works. Two out of 17. <laughs> Just dropping the ball 15 out of 17 times. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. All right, guys. Uh, this was fun. Uh, I'm probably going to buy this movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I don't know why you do if that you to do, yourself. I, I want to see the behind the scenes if you do. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so curious. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for that, and I'm doing it uh, because I just want to watch and the Rathalos. <laughs> I want to watch the Rathalos like destruction sequence over and over again. I mean, it'll be on YouTube in like a year, but I, I have I have one parting thought that might be a good point to this movie. Okay, I mentioned that this movie was not good to another friend who plays Monster Hunter, and he was like, "Yeah, I thought I heard stuff about." Like, the U.S. military helping fund it, and that's why there's so much of the, like, U.S. military and Marines and shit in it. And I was like, that's hysterical if they did, because it didn't do them any favors. (laughs) It is not, not kind to any form of U.S. military. (laughs) It's not flattering. Join the army, you'll get eaten by a dragon. (laughs) Like, it is not flattering to the U.S. military at all so if there's a silver lining it's that if the military funded this movie their money was wasted (laughs) well they're but they're but but they're training allow they're the rigorous training that you'll receive in the u.s army will allow you to use butterfly knives that catch on fire in about a day's worth of training and a thousand spiders will kill you okay you say butterfly knives and i know in the context of the game that's very much what they are those suckers must be like (laughs) like 20 pounds each you are not swinging those around deftly Sorry, weapon rant. I'm stopping. We're gonna ignore the greatsword then. We just we're gonna complain about the knives. So all of it. Uh, put it all in one basket. It's fine. <laughs> we're getting into the we're getting into the pedantry of video game weapons. I'm pulling the plug on this now. Please do. Please stop me. 